Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hi there, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Father Keith, the Buy Guy, and one of my major missions in life is to help my LGBTQIA Christian family heal their church trauma and construct authentic, affirming faith if they desire. So if that's you, guess what? You're in the right place. Now, grab that cup of coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown. So very glad you have chosen to listen to this podcast. It's my honor and privilege to bring it to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also want to remind you guys, if you are listening and you haven't taken advantage of any of the free resources that I have available to you on my website, please do. Um, there are links to some of them in the show notes, but if you go to J. Keith Brown, that's the initial J. Keith Brown, and look under freebies, jkeithbrown.com, look under freebies, you're going to see all the different um, free resources that are there for you. And I do want to make mention of the group. It is a small group. I started this group, well, quite a while back. I just kind of created it, didn't do anything with it. Um, and had it sitting there for me when I was ready to try to start developing a community there on Facebook. So this is a, a small group. It's a very small group. I think it, last time I checked, it was 32 people. So it's a very small group, very intimate, a great time to get in. You're going to get personal attention. You can um, post in there. You can ask questions. You can interact. And quite honestly, right now I'm spending, I typically look at it at least once, sometimes twice a day. Um, I get notifications as there's things that are posted. I want to stay active in that group, um, but I, I just want to see if we can build it up some. It's supposed to be a safe place for those within the community and allies. So if that is you, if you are a person who either is part of the LGBTQIA plus community or an ally to such, then you are welcome into that space and we would love to have you. And that link is one of the freebies that you'll see in the offering. There's some other things too. Please take advantage of that, including if you haven't come out yet, the 10 questions to ask yourself before you do. I think that's a really good resource. It does help guide you through what I think are some very important things to think about even before you come out. And, and I think it's helpful. It doesn't try to change your mind about coming out. It just helps you think through some things as you do. Okay. So that's there. So go, do go check it out. jkeithbrown.com. Look at the freebies and see what's available to you. All right, let's turn our attention now to the Bible. And I'm really excited about looking at this scripture because we are again in the book of Acts. And if you remember, last uh, last two weeks, we've sort of had an introductory to the ministry of Peter. 
You remember it started out with him being called to the bedside of Tabitha, where she, he raised her from the dead, and then he gets called um, to Caesarea, and he uh, does uh, something miraculous there because he shares with the Greek, the, the Greek um, centurion, and he comes to know God. He, he understands and, and believes in Jesus, and Peter winds up bringing the faith and preaching the faith and people being baptized and brought into the faith, uh, the following of Jesus Christ, into the fold. So all that wonderful stuff Peter's been doing in chapter 10 of Acts, and then we get to an interesting thing. We get to the 11th chapter of Acts, and I'm not going to read this whole chapter to you, but I do encourage you to go to your Bible whenever you get a chance and just read through chapter 11. Now that we've set it up, contextually a little bit, um, chapter 11 of the book of Acts. And in that, we see that the disciples in Jerusalem have heard about the Gentiles, ouch, we know historically Jews did not like the Gentiles. They didn't have any respect to the Gentiles. They didn't like them at all, right? They, they did everything they could to avoid them. And now they are hearing that the Gentiles are being brought into the fold. And they go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. What's going on here? So Peter goes and they call Peter before them and say, hey, Peter, wait, wait hey, check this out. What's going on now? I mean, this shouldn't happen. These people aren't Jews. Why are these Gentiles coming into the faith? Why are we baptizing them? Why are we inviting them in? Why are they becoming part of this faith movement, followers of Jesus Christ? Why is this going on, Peter? And Peter does something quite beautifully. Now, he begins to share with them basically play-by-play play of everything that has happened in the previous chapter, we learn in great detail that Peter is setting forth, hey, this is what happened, and then this is what happened, and then this is what happened, and then this was what happened. And he begins to tell the story, retell the story about what his experience has been and how God has moved. Now, let me begin by saying uh, or making an observation here that I think is really important. Number one, no one is above accountability when it comes to the faith. And I put myself there too. People can disagree with me. They can call me. They can check with me. I mean, but here's the thing I've noticed in the Christian church today. There is sort of a mentality among some that they are the true authoritarian and that they are never to be questioned and that they are basically God's mouthpiece. Does that ring familiar with anybody? Can you think of any situations where that seems to be the case of the pulpiteer, of the pastor, that he is somehow some godlike figure that knows all, has all, don't dare contradict him or her, either way, don't stand before them and ask them a question or try to inquire as to, you know, something deeper. But Peter, I mean, Peter, come on. This was Peter, right? The disciple of Jesus, one who was there, one who walked with you, one who was 
active with Jesus, one who saw, one who experienced, one who even got rebuked by Jesus. And they are calling him before them to hold him accountable to what they have heard. So first of all, I think that's a great lesson. No one, and I mean no one, is above accountability. And I think that's healthy. Now, accountability and judgment, two different things. I think we are to, we can hold people accountable to faith if, you know, there's a disagreement among faith. We do that in a holy way. We do that in a loving way. We do that in a caring way. But it's okay for us to ask questions or to inquire. It's even okay for us to disagree. It's even okay, as we see later in Scripture in other, another place, it's okay to even separate in disagreement. But it is not okay to destroy someone in a disagreement or in the inquiry, if that makes sense, okay? So the first thing is there's got to be accountability. All of us have to be accountable to what we teach, to what we, we say. You know, I'm, I'm affirming um, of the LGBT, obviously, and boy, do I catch black on everything. People are trying to hold me accountable, and I'm using quotes here. And and I expect it, but you know what? I believe and I teach what I believe, right? And this is this is something I believe in. Well, here Peter is held accountable. But here's the other thing that I think is so beautiful. The disciples listened. Check it out. The disciples disciples listened to Peter. They had this question, which is okay. They had this accountability moment, which is okay. But then they gave Peter the floor to speak, and they listened, which is also okay. And I think to myself, oh my goodness, what would happen in the church today if we, even if we wanted to speak to someone and question them about what they're teaching or their belief, even if we had that as our motive, and honestly, let's be frank here, when that's the motive in today's society, it's usually not healthy, holy, or loving. I'm just going to put it out there. It's usually not. But let's assume for the moment that it is. Isn't it a beautiful thing that they were willing to listen to Peter to hear his explanation, to hear his reasoning, to hear how God was in his work. And then, I love the fact that they say, well, God is in this. This is cool. And they accept and not only, I think, accept, but celebrate what is happening in the movement of Jesus Christ. Not only in their Jewish hearts, but in the hearts and lives of Gentiles. Wow. That's a big, big deal. And here's the thing. Um, notice that this activity was of God, but it was in contradiction to the established norm, right? 
And you and I know that anytime something is outside of the boxing norm of historical beliefs or even recently historical beliefs, which is, which is what we're seeing a lot of today, if anything is outside of that box, then the feathers rise and the attacking begins. And that is not new. We see here in the scriptures, it's not new. It's not a new story. It's not something that's just happening in our world today. This is something that happened even in the Bible. Anytime that we stand up against the established norm, even I would submit if it is of God, it will be questioned and often rebuked. And only when there is open ears, open minds, and open hearts will we see restoration. Will we see community? Will we see loving relationship? And dare I say, even more effective ministry in the name of Christ. People, as I said earlier, come at me constantly because I'm a man who has some letters behind my name and I have some letters in front of my name and I am ordained. I don't claim to be a perfect ordained person. Thank goodness I have to be. I am a misfit Christian many, many times. Not perfect makes mistakes, does some things that some people don't agree with, whatever. But here's the thing. I can see the fruit of my work. I can see the lives that are blessed. I can see the people that begin to heal through this work. So let me tell you, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with people questioning it because I know when I see the hand of God, what I think is the hand of God, moving in the lives of people and them growing and them improving and them healing and them finding lives of joy and purpose, then to me, that is the evidence of the hand of God. And I will put that up against anything or any belief or any opinion. Show me, not the money, Jerry Maguire, but show me the evidence. Show me the fruit. Show me changed lives. And in that, I see the hand and the heart of a living God. And that's my opinion. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. And that's it for this week's Bible Talk.
here on Coffee with Keith. Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God bless you. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, my friend. This episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.